Welcome to Four Corners, your social distancing podcast on the Tar Heel Blog podcast hosted by TarHillBlog.com and the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Chad Floyd. I'm joined at least six feet away. I'm actually probably more like 70 miles away by Brian, Brandon Anderson, one of the editors at TarHillBlog.com. And we don't really know what we're going to talk about, but Brandon, man, how are you doing? Uh, what has changed in your life in these COVID times? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Things are just weird, man. There's no sports. Like, it just, if somebody had told me, like, this time last year, like, yeah, next year, um, a lot of stuff is going to hit the fan and you ain't going to be able to do anything sports related for what could be a couple months or even more. I I don't know how I would react. So, yeah, we're living in some weird times, man. Yeah, and if you had told me that four years ago not to get political, um, I would have believed you. But one year ago, I thought we would have been safe. Yeah, that that's, that's kind of where I'm at, too. So, I don't know. Like, this is just this, this is interesting. And, you know, we, go, we went so long without dealing with anything even close to this. Um, you know, I think the Spanish flu is probably the more like, I think the closest like crazier disease or whatever that came through here. And uh, yeah, now it's, it, we, we're just in some weird waters in like 2020 of all times. It's, it's something else. Yeah, I mean, it really is just absolutely crazy to think, you know, where we were three weeks ago. And now, I mean, I, I work from home. I've worked from home for six years, but everybody else, you know, I mean, I've, I live in an apartment building and everybody just seems to be walking around kind of confused. Um, <laughs> and to, to the point of that, you know, the coffee machine is closed down. So I had to start buying coffee and brewing coffee in the mornings again. Um, you know, not a, not a huge change, very much a first world problem, but I enjoyed my free coffee uh, when I had that. And then, you know, like the the random things that you never really think about missing, like going to the gym or, you know, just being able to kind of freely just go out. And I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is I can't wait to hear somebody say, do you want to start a tab or close it? That's that's the <laughs> next thing I want to hear. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some liberties that we perhaps take or took for granted before now. I don't think anybody's going to be taking them for granted for a good while after this. But, um, yeah, man, I know I've the way my job is set up, I've always had to go into the office, even when, like, the weather is not looking like it really wants people to leave the house. I've always had to. I remember when I was living back in Illinois, um, they would actually pay for us to stay in hotels just to make sure that we could make it to work. And so they hit, so this comes along and it hit such a level where they actually sent me home with a bunch of stuff to work. And like, I just got a work phone in today and I'm looking at this and I'm like, how are they ever going to get me back in that office? Because <laughs> I'm kind of loving working from home. See, and, and that's the thing. Like, um, you know, desperation is the quickest way to get people to adapt. And I'm looking at, 
you know, three or four things in my industry that I'm just saying, well, this is a lot more convenient. This is more streamlined. You know, all of a sudden, and I work in real estate, but closing attorneys are all of a sudden willing to mail off uh, documents to get signed and notarized. Um, you know, a lot more stuff is moving online. And it's just, I mean, you know, again, being somebody who's used to working from home, it's making my life, you know, a little bit more efficient. Um so I, I wonder, you know, when we are back in normal times, how this is going to affect the American office as we know it. Yeah. And I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there's just been, you know, person after person that, you know, kind of has all the authority or whatever that just has, they've all been stuck in their ways kind of. And there's definitely been some out there that have adapted to a more modernized way of doing things. But there's, you know, the people at my job and I know there's people at other jobs where they very much think that, you know, this is the only way that certain things can be done. And it's just like, that's not necessarily true. You just don't want to take the risk to do it. And so now everybody's being put in this super uncomfortable situation where they're having to roll the dice a bit. And yeah, what we're finding out is like some things actually do work and there's some things that might not work quite as well, but like, you know, it's doable. Um, and I, yeah, like you said, I, th I think we're going to start seeing that everywhere. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting to just see across the board how the modern office kind of changes and, you know, people's willingness to be like, hey, um, so we're going to have you do as much from home as you can. Uh, just don't burn anything down and just kind of let people be on their way. Uh, I hope my job kind of turns into that. I'm not holding my breath because, I mean, I know it gets a little complicated and they kind of want to, like, keep tabs on them or us, rather. I don't think it's necessarily me, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. It's It's a lot. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot to comprehend, and it's it, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how it plays out. But um, you know, I, I assume your hours are pretty much the same. I mean, we're doing this here at six o'clock, so you know, it's not like you had a chance to just log on and do this during the day. Um, what kind of uh, new hobbies are you picking up without sports? Because you know, obviously for us, with what we do, a lot of our time is occupied by watching consuming talking about writing about sports so in that void what are, what are you doing to uh, fill that hole you know it's funny because i don't feel like my day-to-day -day habits have changed terribly i think the one thing that has changed really is sports i think because there's less of that i'm just kind of diving more into stuff that i'd already been doing like i've been binging sh some shows um, I have a horrible habit of binging The Office repeatedly. I don't know how many times I've done seeing the whole series all the way through. It's pretty bad. Um, I've always been into like video games and stuff, so I've been diving more into those now that I have time. And Yeah, man. Um, the one thing I want to start doing, though, is get outside because, because – you know, since they actually have me working from home, it's actually harder for me to get outside now than it was at work. I was always making it a point to like go next door and uh, get food and stuff, which, you know, I, I would at least be outside for a little bit. But during the day, I really haven't been leaving my apartment. So I, I think those are the biggest things. Um, 
yeah what's been changing for you um i mean just not really having the social interactions i have played way too much damn mlb the show 20 <laughs> um i mean it's it's bad like you know I've, i i don't like playing video games online but it feels a little bit more you know it, it feels a little bit closer to home than like playing a franchise mode or something because you know there's no franchise mode happening in real life right now right um so i've been doing way too much of that man i've been uh cooking a lot so trying to change some dietary habits and experiment a little bit but you know still kind of go back to the staples because at the end of a long day where again only thing that's changing is i'm not in the car as much um yeah i'm I'm still worn out and you know at 5 30 i say okay yeah i'm gonna cook some uh, cauliflower fried rice and at 6 30 i'm like mm, i got a frozen pizza that's that's gonna have to do <laughs> um so trying trying to create some good habits there and then with uh the coffee machine being down i my consumption levels of both coffee and alcohol have skyrocketed <laughs> yeah my first week of working at home i i don't know how many cups of coffee i had that's to say i completely lost count because i had a big old box of k-cups that i haven't been using because at work i'm kind of like your situation we have a free coffee machine so i just had all these k-cups that have been hanging around and i just started like making one after the other after the other and i swear like by the time i was done with that like i'm on the phone with people from work and I'm probably like, like just crawling around on the ceiling at the same time. It's just like, what's that noise? Did you just hear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it turns out, uh, and, and I've got like one of those coffee pots that kind of does the half K-cup or or the pot. Um, and I just straight up refuse to buy K-cups at this point because that was a problem. Because, you know, you get like eight ounces and then you go back and then you fill it up again and i mean it you know you just don't get the same content and i I like my coffee strong so it didn't right. quite do the job for me but um it does have a little thing where i can just pour like ground coffee into the thing that kind of represents a k-cup so i do that sometimes like this morning when i realized i was out of coffee filters which who the hell ever has to buy coffee filters yeah i don't remember the last time i bought those it's interesting you say that though because since i've been making more k-cups i definitely noticed that the coffee is a little bit weaker so i'm glad that's not just me because i was like this this like it i mean it's fine but i'm just like something's not right here <laughs> yeah if you've got the eight or 12 ounce option you gotta go for the eight ounce or else you're you're not getting a full punch out of those things yeah see i think i mine goes up to like 10 so i might just have to dial it back a little bit there you go quality not quantity man yes sir yeah um you mentioned going outside more and this is kind of the cruelest twist of fate uh with the timing of this whole thing is we're in north carolina it is pure pollen season um how are your allergies i i know i'm i'm dying and People start looking at you sideways when you sneeze because you inhale about half a gallon of pollen on a dog wall. Um, <laughs> are you are you experiencing any of that, or is it not hit you quite as hard? All the time, all the <laughs> time. Like when I first moved here, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was just like, "Am I dying? Like, 
what what's really good like i got sick and come to find out it was my allergies because i started taking flonase just that was my best shot at what was going on was just like maybe i'll just try this and see how it goes and sure enough everything got better so yeah like i i've definitely had to be i've had to use more of that lately and it's been okay i've definitely had the problems you're talking about though where i'll start sneezing and like honestly sometimes i start coughing too because it like gets in my lungs and i've tried really really hard not to cough in public because i'm not trying to get thrown out of anywhere while i'm trying to find missing items that have been sold out for the last month so yeah yeah it's getting me most in the throat where like i i just have just a complete dry throat because you breathe it in and then it just gets lodged in there it's been you know you you keep on convincing yourself oh man maybe maybe i've got it you know maybe i'm maybe i'm a statistic now and then you're like oh wait no it is literally you know red alert for pollen today so i've I've been struggling with that a little bit because because it has been really nice out and i've been getting some extra dog walks in that's that's another perk of this but man it's uh oh yeah but that that was just a really cruel twist of fate. Although, if this if this had happened in like November when it was dark at five o'clock, I think, you know, pretty much the whole country would be on suicide watch. Yeah, I mean, I feel like things are kind of dark mood wise and depressing, and to imagine that coupled with like seasonal affective disorder because you know it's just dark and cold and stuff i I just i think people would have lost their minds much much quicker by now for sure yeah so you know if there if there's a silver lining i mean not to really take too many of them but um now let's uh shift to sports right quick because i have a really interesting stat brandon i I didn't prepare you for this okay um north carolina in basketball, made the postseason. Uh, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, uh, Virginia. There, there's a very, there's a much longer list of teams that did not make the postseason or participate in postseason play. Um, how much can we beat our chest about the fact that we actually got to play in the postseason this year? <laughs> you know, I never even thought about that. Duke didn't even set foot on the court near to the Kentucky, huh? Wow. Um, I think it's about as weird as you would expect from how the Carolina basketball season turned out for them to have had such a bad season. And yet they got to actually see postseason play when some of these teams that were like actually in some form of contention in the NCAA tournament, that never happened. Uh, They did not. That is a very interesting stat i don't know that i'd be beating my chest with both hands i would maybe kind of like lightly tap it while chuckling and pointing fingers at everybody that was like ah oh, yo and i are getting an ncaa tournament it's like well neither are you and also we got to play a little bit so <laughs> yeah that, that that was kind of the yang to that thing it, it is that i was just like okay well we finished basically the same as you know all the powers this year um, but I, I just thought of it. I was like, wait, 
we actually got to play in the postseason. It would have been much nicer if we had beaten Syracuse and could say, hey, we're the only team in the country. Well, not the country, but one of the only teams to go 2-0. and And our season should still be going on, too. But I don't know. Maybe then we feel an emptiness. So yeah. I, I, I put the uh, UNC and college basketball seasons to bed as a whole. I've, I'm, I'm just writing those off. Yeah, speaking of the Syracuse game, I don't think we've had like a full on conversation since then. Cause like I, I tell you, no. man, like I was at, you know, I was working media at that game and it was so weird. Just the air around the arena and even back there in the media room and stuff. It's just, you knew something wasn't right. And so I almost wonder the way that game turned out if it had something to do with UNC kind of having a weird air around them as well. Like I just, I'll never be able to prove it, but it just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, man. It it was just creepy. And like the Syracuse fans were of course into it. I mean, UNC fans were too, but also like, so Tanya was sitting down on the court, basically, like she was right. on the lower level. They ended up sticking me up in BFE, but I just remember near the end of the second half, I'm just like, it got to me so badly that I just sent her a message. I was just like, after you do the recap, let's go. Because usually we go to do, you know, listen to the presser and all that stuff. And I was just like, nah, something ain't right. I was like, we need to get out of here. So I don't know if maybe that affected some of that game. Maybe I'm just being a conspiracy theorist, but it just – the way that all ended was – I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, and, and that'd be interesting to look at, like, a timeline side-by-side side between, you know, as stuff was breaking and what was going on on the court because I know that 19-0 run at the end of the first half, I mean, it looked it looked like UNC had just completely given up on life at that point. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, since you were there, I mean, you know, kind of what were you tracking while and, – and kind of when did it hit you that, okay, th- these two things are tied, you know, the Jazz Nuggets game – they pulled the players off the court. You know, when, when when did it occur to you that, hey, maybe we shouldn't be doing this? That was exactly when I was just like, we shouldn't be doing this. Um, it just, that was the biggest real, like slap of reality that I think had occurred to that point where once it happened, everybody was just like, oh my God, the NBA just shut down. And it was just one of those things that nobody could shake. Even like media people were tweeting about it. Like, I can't believe the NBA just shut down. Like this is getting real. And you could kind of tell like fans were talking about it too. And it just, I think that set the stage for the entire night for sure. Like when that happened, everything got super weird. Yeah, I would I would have to I mean, you know, obviously I wasn't there. I was on my couch kind of taking it all in, but you know, just having watched uh NBA TV for a lot of hours on a Sunday afternoon back in January when uh Kobe Bryant passed away, you know, I was I was tracking that and they were just you know, I I I get the NBA credit. I don't think we talk about this enough, but 
they were really the most proactive entity in the country as far as um, taking care of the safety of both the players and the spectators. You know, that I mean, again, we're not going to get political, but, you know, somebody might have had about a two-month lead time where we sat on our hands. But, you know, even looking at it, I mean, baseball was still doing spring training games uh, into that weekend. Um, the NFL, as far as I, I mean, they're, they're still – Hold, they're holding the draft and just kind of released plans to do it all via teleconference, which is going to be interesting for TV. But I also think that's going to be good just to have something to talk about in the news cycle. Right. But, but it, I mean, it, it was kind of refreshing, you know, especially looking back now, what whatever that is, like nine months ago or whenever it was, that the NBA was so quick to uh, go ahead and make the call. Yeah, and I think they had to. They kind of had to set the example because I feel like the NCAA, like, they wanted to try really hard to just figure out a way to get through March, finish off the NCAA championship and get out. That's pretty much how I feel about it. That's how I felt about the ACC tournament. The fact that it took them so long to plug the – or pull the plug on that, I was just like – we we really shouldn't be here though like if the and at the time like you know we know way more now than we did then but i remember at the time thinking if this is even half as bad as they're saying this could get we probably should just not because like if you think about it like the nba had so many players and fans and things like that traveling around the place and same with college and really college was it's worse because there's so many more teams and the way that this thing is spreading imagine if the nba had or like just any sport had just kept going right now i mean we'd have somehow a bigger a bigger catastrophe and that's hard to wrap my mind around um and i know it kind of sounds like there was a just this huge soccer game in italy that may have made things explode a little bit there too so yeah it's just i'm glad the nba was proactive in that situation because i feel like they really had to set the example for all the other sports in the united states to just be like you know what this ain't worth it. We got like, everybody's rich. Like we'll get through this somehow, but right now we just need to look out for the welfare of everybody. Yeah. And rich and healthy is better than rich and sick. And really, you know, what it comes down to is a public facing enterprise like that almost has a social responsibility to go ahead and shut its doors to encourage just the general viewing public to hopefully do the same. And, yeah, that that that's kind of one thing I did have kind of earmarked to talk about is just going forward, how does this affect football season? Now, obviously, there was the call between commissioners where Donald Trump says that uh, he expects the NFL to play a whole season. Um, that's still going to take some, you know, I, I'm not going to say a minor miracle, but I would say with the rate we're going, that's still not 100% by any means. Um, I'm a college football guy. I very much want to see what this 2020 UNC team can do. 
Uh, Matt Brown is one of the coaches that's doing a really good job of getting out in front and saying, you know, hey, let's do this for each other, but let's do this so we can have a football season. And I think that should be the messaging just across the Southeast is, you know, every football coach just plead with their fan base to stay home. But um, have you been, you know, have you started to worry or kind of track, okay, what would the timeline have to look like for us to have football seasons? It's been hard to track because in my mind, it's going to be really hard to get 52 players on each side. And that's not even including the coaching staff and facilities people and all that stuff. Like it's going to be hard to get them all in a stadium at the same time when there's no vaccine or no treatment or anything like that. Um, and I know for a fact, we probably won't have the vaccine in 2020. So I've kind of just let go of that idea. So then my next thought is, okay, how quickly can they get some type of treatment out there that seems to be working on most people? Because I don't know that there's anything that's going to work universally in this situation. I'm not a doctor, so I have no idea. Um, but I think when it comes to college football or any kind of football starting back up, we're looking at a situation where you kind of have to look at where the state of things are probably in like July or August, which is late for the NFL, I feel like. And oh, it's, that, that, that would be, in my opinion, too late really for either one to start and have a season as scheduled right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think by probably June 15th, you've got to have a pretty good grasp on this thing because, you know, college ball, for the most part, missed spring practice. So, you know, they, they're kind of talking about adopting, you know, something similar to OTAs or something. But right. if you don't have – people back on camp. I mean, you can't throw football players out there and 280 pound, 340 pound men out there when basically they've been doing body weight exercises via Skype conference, because that's the only um, communication you can have with your strength coach or, you know, you, you're not getting trained up on technique at all. Um, I mean, it, it puts players at risk both to contract the virus and just physical risk for a physical game. So I think, you know, really, if if football is going to happen, we've got to have a grip on this thing, you know, within the next six weeks. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And it just, I think more than anything, honestly, because it's so hard to wrap my mind around football happening this year, my curiosity then goes to what happens with eligibility. And I think that's going to be the biggest question when it comes to college football is like, how is that all even going to work? Because I have no idea. I really don't. I, I don't know how you can even convince like a Sam Howell to stick around for an additional year after his junior year, quote unquote, because, you know, academically, they're going to be a year ahead. So it's it's such a mess, man. I don't know how this is all going to play out. Yeah, and then with kind of the loosening restrictions on the tra transfer portal, I mean, you, you could make an argument that, like, the 2020 class that UNC just signed, you know, there's no football. There's uh, – but 
you know, they're still taking classes. I mean, what's to say, and this is just completely hypothetical, but, you know, Alabama has an extra spot and they call up Des Evans and say, hey, come to Alabama. I mean, you know, it, it's just going to be such a mess in an open season. I mean, the only way I can really see them sorting that out is, you know, the NFL rule three years after high school graduation is the NFL rule. I, I, I would think, you know, for players who are not good enough, which is most of the players to go to the league after three years, um, if there was not football this year, you would just give them an extra year of eligibility. Right. Um, but it, man, it would be such a mess just with, um, cause we're looking at it and you've got the financial side of it where schools weren't getting money from the NCAA tournament and you, you can't just say to a school, okay, well this year you can carry 135 scholarship players because schools have to come up with that money somehow. Yeah. And there's, there's no income being brought. So you know, that's, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in athletic administration right this second because those are, I mean, that's a problem. Um, Would you be down for a spring football season? Um, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that idea. I, it's a little tough for people that kind of dive into some of those spring sports. I, I can kind of see how that might be a thing, but also, I don't know, like seeing how we're UNC fans, one could argue that football already kind of does that for like soccer, which is big at UNC. So that might be a non factor. But I mean, if they said, hey, this, the only way we could get this to work is if we play football in the spring, I think that's fine. But I also think that you have to figure out a way for that not to then hurt the next season because that's a quick turnaround for football players. Like their bodies have to recover from a season, like, you know, however many games any given team gets to play. And I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. It and, all then, and, and then we could be looking at a situation where like the guys that they're, they've got committed for the 2021 class. Um, if you start the season in the spring and they enrolled early, they could technically play. So you got two classes of true freshmen on the, I, I mean, it's God, there's, there's so much of a mess to sort out. And unfortunately, man, right now we just don't have any answers, but um, I mean, it's, it, it's horrifying, but at the same time, it's kind of fun to just kind of, try to walk yourself through the mental gymnastics of it, but mostly it's not fun. Mostly it's really depressing. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it depends on, I think you're, the way that I feel about it really depends on whether I'm looking at things from a short-term or a long-term perspective. I feel like long-term sports can't really be hurt. Like there's always going to be people that play sports. So like, you know, college football and basketball and all that they'll be okay the problem is going to be figuring out the short term and the cluster that that is and i think that's where it definitely gets a little confusing a little frustrating and yeah like kind of sad yeah and you know, if you look back at 9-11, like it, it was a big deal that baseball came back and, you know, you, you have the George Bush throwing out the first pitch thing. Um, you know, I mean, sports would probably be a very welcome, at, in, 
really at any level, uh, respite. But, you know, the biggest thing, and I think you said it really well there, is for the long-term health of people, you know, let's let's make sure to nip this thing in the bud and then just come back with whatever weirdness we have to navigate at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I know everybody kind of has ev- just different things that are being disrupted right now, and it's hard to really – kind of push past the fact that you know a lot of the things that we do aren't life or death this virus is for some people i mean obviously there's a survival rate and a death rate and all that but i mean ultimately the point is is like we pretty much have this massive problem to tackle first and then everything comes after it but man when we get to that other stuff after it I don't even know what all that's going to look like. Just people's jobs, sports, economy, um, which, you know, that can be put around. I'm not going to get into that, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a lot to navigate. But. Okay, well, well, I'll uh, let you go on this because obviously everybody has a lot more time to be on the internet these days. Um, my favorite meme to come out of this was probably about two weeks ago when there was an ast- there's a asteroid crashing to Earth and the dinosaurs are looking and one of them has a little text bubble that says oh shit the economy. Um, <laughs> what is what what's your favorite meme to come from this thing? So it's funny. It's not even really like a meme per se. This guy that uh, he does one of the shows on Beats One Radio, like on Apple Music, and I think it was actually the night of the Syracuse game. He posted this video and it was like this elf looking character that had a cigarette in his mouth and he's staring out the window and everything's burning. And he's just kind of listening to this song by a band named Cortex. And it was like played all slow. And it was just like, he was just kind of like chilling watching everything burn i'm like yeah that's about right it's almost like this it's like a more sophisticated version of the this is fine dog yeah Yeah, i've definitely seen that one uh be adapted a little bit but hey man uh thanks for taking some time out of your monday here um you know I, I know where to find you. Uh, you can find Brandon at THB Brandon on the Twitters. Um, you can find me at Chad underscore Floyd. We're going to be back sporadically. Uh, hopefully we have some news to talk about. We got some football recruiting that, you know, we're kind of allowing to backlog. But without knowing, you know, when they're going to be allowed to recruit again, it's a little bit difficult to say. But we do appreciate y'all uh, coming in and just hearing us talk about some randomness. Um, until next time, keep it locked and go Heels. Go oh, Heels.